welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wayne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone. And your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. If not, first connect with your own mighty I Am Presence and feel the love of the living God within you. Then, be that love. Because truly, what the world needs now is sincere love from one to the other. And in order for that sincere love to gain momentum and become most impactful in the world sooner than later, our loving energy would have to become more commonplace than the darkness, hatred, and division that has tormented mankind for ages. Therefore, we all must make a bigger effort in being sincere love to one another, radiating our loving energy through and through, not only in our individual, business, and social lives, but in all that we do. Then our loving life begin to dominate those dark and hateful forces and consume those negative conditionings that has plagued mankind for centuries. And it can be done, y'all, because the power is within all of us. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. Now it came to pass in the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Kabar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Kabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof is the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also, out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance, they had the likeness of a man, and every one had four faces, and every one had four wings. And their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined one to another, they turned not when they went, they went, every one, straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man, and the face of a lion, on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side, they four also had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward, Two wings of every one were joined one to another, and two covered their bodies. And they went every one straight forward. Whither the spirit was to go, they went, and they turned not when they went. 
As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, and like the appearance of lamps, it went up and down among the living creatures, and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning. And the living creatures ran and returned as the appearance of a flash of lightning. Now as I beheld the living creatures, behold one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures, with his four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their work was like unto the color of a barrel, and they four had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not when they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them four. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went by them, and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Whithersoever the spirit was to go, they went, thither was their spirit to go, and the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. When those went, these went, and when those stood, these stood, and when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up over against them, for the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal, stretched forth over their heads above. And under the firmament were their wings straight, the one toward the other. Every one had two, which covered on this side, and every one had two, which covered on that side, their bodies. And when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of great waters, as the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, as the noise of a host. When they stood, they let down their wings. And there was a voice from the firmament that was over their heads, when they stood, and had let down their wings. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above, upon it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me, they and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And they, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee, be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house, open thy mouth, and eat that I give thee. And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and, lo, a roll of a book was therein, and he spread it before me, and it was written within and without, and there was written therein lamentations, and mourning, and woe. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou find, eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. 
And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee unto thee of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me, for all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. As an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead, fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thine heart, and hear with thine ears. And go, get thee to them of the captivity, unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them, Thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear. Then the Spirit took me up, and I heard behind me a voice of a great rushing, saying, Blessed be the glory of the Lord from his place. Ezekiel 1, 2, and 3 to 1 to 12. Chapter 5 Already, we find Ezekiel addressed by the likeness of the glory of the Lord, as Son of Man. This peculiar title is used repeatedly throughout the whole book of this prophet, which is as cabalistic as the role of a book which the glory causes him to eat. It is written within and without, and its real meaning is identical with that of the Apocalypse. It appears strange that so much stress should be laid on this peculiar appellation, said to have been applied by Jesus to himself, when, in the symbolical or Kabbalistic language, a prophet is so addressed. It is as extraordinary to see Irenaeus indulging in such graphic descriptions of Jesus as to show him, the maker of all, sitting upon a cherubim, unless he identifies him with Shekinah, whose usual place was among the charubs of the Marseille seat. We also know that the cherubim and seraphim are titles of the old serpent, the orthodox devil, the seraphs being the burning or fiery serpents, in Kabbalistic symbolism. The ten emanations of Adam Kodman, called the Sephiroth, have all emblems and titles corresponding to each. So, for instance, the last two are Victory, or Jehovah Sabaoth, whose symbol is the right column of Solomon, the pillar Jachin, while Glory is the left pillar, or Boaz, and its name is the old serpent, and also seraphim and cherubim. The Son of Man is an appellation which could not be assumed by anyone but a Kabbalist. Except, as shown above, in the Old Testament, it is used but by one prophet, Ezekiel, the Kabbalist. In their mysterious and mutual relations, the eons or Sephiroth are represented in the Kabbalah by a great number of circles, and sometimes by the figure of a man, which is symbolically formed out of such circles. This man is Seir Ampin, and the 243 numbers of which his figure consists, relate to the different orders of the celestial hierarchy. The original idea of this figure, or rather the model, may have been taken from the Hindu Brahma, and the various castes typified by the several parts of his body, as King suggests in his Gnostics. In one of the grandest and most beautiful cave temples at Ellora, Nasik, dedicated to Vishvakarma, son of Brahma, is a representation of this god and his attributes. 
To one acquainted with Ezekiel's description of the likeness of four living creatures, every one of which had four faces and the hands of a man under its wings, etc., this figure at Alora must certainly appear absolutely biblical. Abraham is called the father of man, as well as Jupiter and other highest gods. H.P. Blavatsky It is in the Buddhistic representations of Mount Meru, called by the Burmese Mianmo, and the Siamese Sinaru, that we find one of the originals of the Adam Kodman, Sayur Ampin, the Heavenly Man, and of all the eons, Sephiroth, powers, dominions, thrones, virtues and dignities of the Kabbalah. Between two pillars, which are connected by an arch, the keystone of the latter is represented by a crescent. This is the domain in which dwells the supreme wisdom of Adi Buddha, the supreme and invisible deity. Beneath this highest central point comes the circle of the direct emanation of the unknown, the circle of Braham with some Hindus, of the first avatar of Buddha, according to others. This answers to Adam Kodman and the ten Sephiroth. Nine of the emanations are encircled by the tenth, and occasionally represented by pagodas, each of which bears a name which expresses one of the chief attributes of the manifested deity. Then below come the seven stages, or heavenly spheres, each sphere being encircled by a sea. These are the celestial mansions of the Davidas, or gods, each losing somewhat in holiness and purity as it approaches the earth. Then comes Meru itself, formed of numberless circles within three large ones, typifying the trinity of man, and for one acquainted with the numerical value of the letters and biblical names, like that of the great beast, or that of Mithra, Mithras Abracha, and others, it is an easy matter to establish the identity of the Meru gods with the emanations or Sephiroth of the Kabbalists. Also, the genii of the Nazarenes, with their special missions, are all found on the most ancient mythos, a most perfect representation of the symbolism of the secret doctrine, as taught in archaic ages. King gives a few hints, though doubtless too insufficient to teach anything important, for they are based upon the calculations of Bishop Newton, as to this mode of finding out mysteries and the value of letters. However, we find this great archaeologist, who has devoted so much time and labor to the study of Gnostic gems, corroborating our assertion. He shows that the entire theory is Hindu and points out that the Durga, or female counterpart of each Asiatic god, is what the Kabbalists term active virtue in the celestial hierarchy, a term which the Christian fathers adopted and repeated, without fully appreciating, and the meaning of which the later theology has utterly disfigured. H. P. Blavatsky But to return to Meru. The whole is surrounded by the Mahasamut, or the Great Sea, the astral light and ether of the capitalists and scientists, and within the central circle appears the likeness of a man. He is the Akadoth of the Nazarenes, the twofold unity, or the androgyne man, the heavenly incarnation, and a perfect representation of Sayur Ampin, short face, the son of Arik Ampin, long face. This likeness is now represented in many lamaseries by Gautama Buddha, the last of the incarnated avatars. Still lower, under the Meru, is the dwelling of the great Naga, who is called Raja Naga, the king serpent, the serpent of Genesis, the Gnostic office, and the goddess of the earth, Bumainari, or Yama, who waits upon the great dragon, for she is Eve, the mother of all that live. Still lower is the eighth sphere, the infernal regions. The uppermost regions of Brahma are surrounded by the sun, moon, and planets, the seven stellars of the Nazarenes, and just as they are described in the Codex. The seven imposter demons who deceive the sons of Adam. The name of one is Saul, of another spiritus Venerius, Astro, of the third Nebu, Mercurius a false messiah, 
The name of a fourth is Sin Luna, the fifth is Kian, Saturnus, the sixth, Bel Zeus, the seventh, Narig Mars. Then there are seven lives procreated, seven good stellars, which are from Kaber Zio, and there are those bright ones who shine in their own form and splendor that pours from on high, at the gate of the house of life the throne is fitly placed for the Lord of Splendor, and there are three habitations. The habitations of the Trimorti, the Hindu Trinity, are placed beneath the keystone, the golden crescent, in the representation of Meru. And there was under his feet, of the God of Israel, as it were a paved work of a sapphire stone. Exodus 24:10. Under the crescent is the heaven of Brahma, all paved with sapphires. The paradise of Indra is resplendent with a thousand suns, that of Shiva, Saturn, is in the northeast. His throne is formed of lapis lazuli and the floor of heaven is of fervent gold. When he sits on the throne, he blazes with fire up to the loins. At Hurdwar, during the fair, in which he is more than ever Mahadeva, the highest god, the attributes and emblems sacred to the Jewish Lord God, may be recognized one by one in those of Shiva. The Binlong stone, sacred to this Hindu deity, is an unhewn stone like the Bethel, consecrated by the patriarch Jacob, and set up by him for a pillar, and like the latter Binlong is anointed. We need hardly remind the student that the Linga, the emblem sacred to Shiva and whose temples are modeled after this form, is identical in shape, meaning, and purpose with the pillars set up by the several patriarchs to mark their adoration of the Lord God. In fact, one of these patriarchal litha might even now be carried in the Shivadic processions of Calcutta, without its Hebrew derivation being suspected. The four arms of Shiva are often represented with appendages like wings, he has three eyes and a fourth in the crescent, obtained by him at the churning of the ocean, as Panchamukti Shiva has four heads. In this god we recognize the description given by Ezekiel, in the first chapter of his book, of his vision, in which he beholds the likeness of a man and the four living creatures, who had four faces, four wings, who had one pair of straight feet, which sparkled like the color of burnished brass, and their rings were full of eyes round about them four. It is the throne and heaven of Shiva that the prophet describes in saying and there was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and I saw as the color of amber, gold, as the appearance of fire around about, from his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, Ezekiel 1:27. And his feet like undefined brass, as if they burned in a furnace, Revelation 1:15. As for their faces, one had the face of a cherub, and the face of a lion, they also had the face of an ox and the face of an eagle, Ezekiel 1:10-10-14. This fourfold appearance which we find in the two cherubims of gold on the two ends of the ark, these symbolic four faces being adopted, moreover, later, one by each evangelist, as may be easily ascertained from the pictures of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, prefixed to their respective Gospels in the Roman Vulgate and Greek Bibles. Taut, the great god of the Phoenicians, says Sunconiatone, to express the character of Saturn or Kronos, made his image having four eyes, two before, two behind, open and closed, and four wings, two expanded, two folded. The eyes denote that the god sees in sleep and sleeps in waking, the position of the wings that he flies in rest, and rests in flying. H.P. Blavatsky
to have watched mankind, beloved ones, down through the ages, misuse the great gifts of life that have been placed on this earth by cosmic beings for mankind's harmonious use in the experiences of attaining the ascension, to watch mankind misuse the gifts that are placed here for freedom is, sometimes, if we could be impatient, it would sometimes be very, very near the point where we would put a stop to it, even before the cosmic law of the cycle permits. But the cyclic law is master, and we are obedient to that law throughout infinite space. But I assure you, one day, when you become master of the sacred fire, you will be the most grateful individuals in existence. And if you will become aware of it now, its powers will come to bless you, its angel legions will hold it around you, its power will enfold you. It will go forth to protect conditions around you, and it will control manifestation. The sacred fire will control all the powers of nature and forces of the elements. And they are not only through the powers of nature, they are in you. The powers of nature and the forces of the elements are in you. So if you care to fill yourselves with, and clothe yourselves with, and armor yourselves with all the sacred fire of the angelic host and the visible, tangible presence of its manifestations in and around you, we can fulfill your call, because it's all constructive. It is obedience to the cosmic law. It is in existence and can manifest in and around you on an instant. Your own beloved mighty I am presence and higher mental body can send forth its heart flame right around you, and it can be made visible to the physical side of mankind. So these are many, many, many activities of the sacred fire to which we refer, but this which we want to call forth for the protection of the nation, the purification that frees the nation from the hordes of evil, these activities are cosmic. And they are concentrated by the cosmic beings in the great central sun, the physical sun, the ascended master's octave, and the great temples of the sacred fire everywhere in this system of worlds. So blessed ones, I hope tonight you will become very much aware of, desire, and call forth whatever manifestations of the sacred fire make you invincibly victorious over everything in this world. And call it forth to purify the nation, and make the nation victorious over all the hordes of evil, in or out of the people, whether they be in the atmosphere of earth or in other nations of the world, matters not. Call forth all the great central sun's miracle manifestations of the sacred fire that make mankind awaken and take the people of this nation out of the clutches of that which seeks only to destroy. I could call you part of the legions of our own heart's sacred fire manifestations, provided you do not become set up because of it. Laughter and applause. Thank you so much. Beloved Archangel Michael, 